I'm recording now. So if you want to say something interesting and exciting to make it seem like we're having like a really good time before the show starts. Uh, this <laughs> so then they said it. liquor. I hardly know her. <laughs> Wait, what? Is that what we're doing? That was fancy. Anything to add, Rob? No. <laughs> He's already done. He's already over it. Um, I guess we'll just dive in and tell everybody that they are listening to the Gimme Five podcast. Episode 251. This is the Gimme Five podcast, a semi-entertaining show about very entertaining things. We are going to talk about. Actually, we have a lot this week. We're going to. It's all pop culture. We got some entertainment news. What? There's quite a bit. There is a lot, right? We've got entertainment news. We have a uh, uh, a movie. We have a TV show. We have a a book. Um, an interesting Florida woman story, in my personal opinion. Um, my name is Omar the Magnificent, and I am joined by Greg the Bland eh. and Rob the Chronic Masturbator. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, oh. He's doing hold on, hold on, wait. He's just making macaroni and cheese. He's just yes. stirring. God, why did I write Austin. that? Why did I do that? Okay, anyway. <laughs> you don't want to know what I'm stirring into your macaroni. Oh, Jesus. All right, I'm done. <clears throat> okay, so this week we've got. Um, it's going to be that kind it's of. It's going to be one of those. I'm gonna put my dig in the mashed potatoes. Where, I was just gonna say, where's the mashed potatoes? Uh, this week, what are we talking about? Gray Man streaming on Netflix. Um, the book, "The Me You Love in the Dark," which is a really, really great title. "The Me You Love in the Dark." I like that a lot. Um, I assume it was an audiobook because Greg said that he read it and I don't know that he can read. So let's uh, see. It was a graphic goes. novel, so there was a lot of pictures. A lot of pictures. That makes that's a lot. Yeah, that makes sense. Um there's also the play as a cat post apocalyptic game Stray, which also sounds really interesting. Um Boz Lerman's movie Elvis, and the Netflix show of like, I guess the re 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 redone. Resident Evil. Is that, that fair? Seems like a lot. Yeah, that is a lot. Quite a bit. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff we're going to be talking about. We're going to spoil just about all of it. Uh, we, if it's dependent on whether or not you enjoy the thing, then we won't spoil that type of stuff. But if you have not seen these things and you're like, man, I really hope this podcast that just told me they're going to spoil stuff doesn't spoil things, that is your warning. You're out of luck. And uh, also, real quick, since we are going to be doing a longer episode with lots of topics, I'm just going to say this episode is brought to you by our patrons. If you want to be a patron, check us out at Give5Podcast or Patreon.com slash Give5Podcast. And thank you to all of our patrons. As well as brought to you by the letter T and the number 7. Oh, okay. Very good. Um, We have a lot of news 
so can, much news. Can we start with um, Comic-Con? Uh, let's real quick start with Vince McMahon. Okay. Because then everything else seems to be based mm-hmm. on Comic-Con. Uh, Vince McMahon is out as the is chairman he? of WWE. What? No shit. Step- is, is it all because of the uh, the scandal? So he stepped down on Friday with a tweet. Uh, that was it. There was no. He didn't walk on the. Sh- Oops. He didn't walk on the show. He just. Uh, dang it. Hold on. My uh, my news article has been replaced by shoot inserts for some reason. Because <laughs> it heard you talking about walking. <laughs> That's really funny. The computer is reading your dialogue. <laughs> yeah, I had. Uh, this real quick there we go okay um so yeah he tweeted um at 77 it is time for me to retire thank you wwe universe then now forever together uh thank you or thankful okay so yeah great uh i was trying to figure out how to talk about this because there are a million people of course out there being like wow he did so much and yes he did he brought wrestling to the masses from individual territories all over the place he basically bought them all up and again basically mainstream he he mainstreamed it it to mainstream because it used to be like it's interesting because if you look at some of the old school guys like uh, jerry lawler and stuff like that they would be like oh he was the in memphis and that was small shows that were put on in memphis in the south like around memphis and he basically gathered all these companies and bought them all out and put them all under one banner so Yes, in that respect, good dude uh, when it comes to that. But almost everything else that he did was not so good. Uh, in part, the big thing, of course, is um, sexual harassment of employees. He was found uh, – I don't know the exact numbers, but apparently he made a $3 million payout to a paralegal that he had harassed. And when the news started coming out, it was turned out that it was about $12 million to various employees – that he had harassed um, a lot of CTE related stuff that he kind of ignored. Um, basically, if you you know there was a lot of female wrestlers that if they didn't blow the boss, they didn't get ahead. No pun intended. Yeah. Uh, now, when you um, say CTE stuff that he ignored, you mean his own or his employees' CTE? Like employees, like uh, it wasn't until it became it wasn't until the. Uh, the murder suicide the chris benoit thing that he was like oh okay you know we can't because ct existed people knew about it and they were still doing chair shots to the head and it wasn't until the chris benoit thing that they stopped um of course hundreds of wrestlers have died um as a result of being pushed one way or the other with steroids and drugs and things like that uh travel schedules but you know people again make their own decisions that's fine um but the one story that came out recently after he was no longer in charge, and he, he had stepped down a little bit, but now he stepped down like for good. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you remember Ashley Massaro? Vaguely, yes. She was like, I think she always had like her hat on backwards. Mm-hmm. Like she was kind of like cool, sporty, like blonde wrestler. Um, when they did one of, she had come out around the Me Too era and was like, I had been raped, and he covered it up. And now there's people that are verifying it now that he's gone. Uh, apparently they did like, an, like a USO show, and a military doctor saw, said that she was dehydrated, gave her something to drink. It knocked her out, and he raped her. 
because it was the military. Or Vince McMahon did? The, the doctor. Oh. Because it was a military USO thing, Vince McMahon covered it up. Um, he had also been like harassing her nonstop to, why don't you fly back in my plane? Fly back in my Why don't you be with me? And she didn't want to have any part of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And after some of this, after she was like, what are you going to do about this? Someone raped one of your employees and all that. He basically fired her. Really? Yes. Uh, it led to her eventually, she had a hard time getting over it, a lot of PTSD situations, and eventually overdosed in 2019. Um, some of her friends, like, it's names that I'm like, oh, I remember that guy, like uh, that Rene Dupree guy and Paul London and some of those dudes. Um, mm-hmm. They've remained kind of wrestling adjacent with podcasts and things. Or like, she told me not to say anything, but she's gone, he's gone. And now they're they're coming out and being like, uh, this guy was kind of a shithead. So while he did good things, um, I think it's good riddance. Uh, now, you know who's in charge of creative at WWE, Rob? Is it Triple H? It is Triple H, Excellent. and I am excited about that because he – Is he not as big of a douchebag? I've been in contact with him, like, at, at work. and He's like a – he kn- like, he's all business, but he – he likes the art of wrestling. It's not just how much how can we sell more t-shirts. Right. He wants the like he wants the stories to organically flow. Whereas, you know, man's like, you know, we're not selling enough of these t-shirts. We need to do something with that character. I get, right. I get money. Like needs to drive this thing. I'm, I'm not dumb about the fact that you need to make a lot of money to put on something like that. But he, I, I really think that there's going to be good stuff going on with him. Uh, so. He's in. Stephanie McMahon is now the new chairman, chairwoman, chairperson of the WWE with another person. They're like co-chair people, mm-hmm. and uh, it'll be interesting to see to see where it goes. So, okay, uh, good riddance, Vince McMahon, and uh, douche canoe, yeah, and uh, welcome Triple H. That's crazy because that uh, that actually that whole thing could actually be a really cool movie, like the whole. I don't know. There's like intrigue and stuff, but anyway, what were you going to say, Rob or Omar? Uh, you know, he he seems like the type of guy where, <clears throat> you know, because it's wrestling, I I always hoped he was playing a character when he came out and did things. But everything that you've said about him <laughs> is exactly the type of person he seemed to be. Am I wrong? I mean, is, am I the only one? That I never liked his sense of humor. Like all of the weird, like comedy bits that were in wrestling for years and years and years, were all him. But I, I don't even like, mean that. I just mean like even when he was being interviewed by like Bob Costas and stuff. Like it was just, yeah. I, I, he always came off like this certain way, and I was always like, okay, he's he's being, you know, he's being flamboyant or whatever. He's being like loud and out there because that's his thing, and that's what he's so promoting. Was, yeah, like, like he oh. is his character. Was well, the that's story the story with. With Mark Henry and Mae Young, where she gave birth to a, like, rubber hand. Was that Vince yes. McMahon? Yes, of course. Like, that was where um, Kane had sex with, the with like, the corpse of Triple H's fiancé was Vince McMahon. The, any of the fart-related characters. Like, he thought farts were hilarious. And uh, he's not wrong there. He has, and, he has flaws. And it was, um, what was it? Was it Draws? Oh, the puke thing? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah, the puke thing was totally him. So, 
that is that. It's kind of a big deal, so I figured we'd talk about it here. Now hmm. it's time to go to the San Diego Comic-Con. Bring it on. So much. There's a lot going on well, with that. Did, oh did my you God. guys catch... Did you guys catch any of the trailers that came out at San Diego Comic-Con? Uh, most of them except for John Wick, because when I saw that that one came out, I was watching something with my child. Mm. Hey, no, I, mean, I didn't catch them because I stay away from trailers. Kind of a, it was more kind of a sneak peek. Um, I mean, but it, I mean, it's John Wick. I mean, Keanu's old as shit. It, it's painful to watch him walk and run. Um, <laughs> I love Keanu, don't get me wrong. But and those movies are um, awesome. It well, the, I like the John Wick movies. I, I had issues. Great. I liked the first one. The second one mm. was, and eh, the third one, I was like, okay, come on, come on now. But you you have to take them with a grain of you have to take them for what they are. What? It's a John Wick movie, yeah, so I he's mean, doing his thing. He's I mean, kicking he, ass, whatever, and it's fun. It's fun. Well, I mean, I swear to God, in the last movie. It ends with him getting shot and falling off the roof of like a what, fifteen story building, and he hits every fucking catwalk on the way down, <laughs> and he's not dead. I think you're missing the point. They slowed his <laughs> they slowed his descent <laughs> fifteen times. <laughs> oh my god! I'm like, come. Okay, on. guys, we're gonna we're gonna MythBusters this thing. Omar, I'm gonna need you to meet me on top of a fifteen story building. All right, done. Wait, what? Why? <laughs> <laughs> I I did see a couple that I'm that I'm kind of excited about and a couple that I hadn't really seen much about. I mean, of course there was Wakanda Forever. I'm excited about that one. Uh, you know, we've been hearing a whole lot about Black Adam and they released a new trailer for that, uh, much more comprehensive. That looks I'm really good. Forward to that yeah. one as well. Yeah, Black Adam's kind of like a an anti-hero. Right. Thing. Is he DC? The, That's DC two... universe, right? He's DC. He's the exact opposite of Shazam or Marvel. Is Captain Marvel? The other Captain Marvel? No, I think he's Shazam because they they. It's the same thing. Like uh, Cap Shazam was called Captain Marvel, right? When but Black Marvel Adam was won created. the lawsuit, I think, so yeah. they had to call him yeah. Shazam. So he's no yeah. longer Captain Marvel. Oh, okay. Um, but um, yeah, I'm looking forward to Black Adam. But there were two that I hadn't really heard a whole lot of. One I didn't know anything about, and I was I was like, oh shit. Um. But one that I had heard about, but I hadn't really seen anything for, and that was Shazam, Fury of the Gods. The trailer looks pretty good. I've not I'm heard about that at all. That. Yeah. Um, but the one that surprised me that I didn't know anything about was there's a new D&D movie coming out, and it actually doesn't look like shit. Yeah, it looked pretty interesting. I saw like a quick little snippet, I think on social media somewhere, and it looks really cool. <laughs> it's, it stars Chris Pine for Christ's yeah, sake. Yeah, exactly. It looks great. I'm down. So I'm like, I'm like, maybe, maybe it's got a shot. Maybe it has a chance. Well, I, I'm hopeful because yeah. I mean, I love the D and D. I love the idea of the D and D movie, but nobody has really pulled it off yet. They're all just kind of garbage. There's two things that may work for it or against it. Mm -hmm. uh, one, it definitely looks like the people that made the movie actually have played a game of D and D at some point, whereas the other one did not. And you know, like the other one was like D and D, uh, let's put a dragon in there. <laughs> okay, like do you that'll know fix what everything. That is yeah, like this time there's actually like real creatures, even ones that I reckon recognize and I didn't really ever play. The other thing that either could be the a good owlbear. thing or a bad thing. The, yeah, the owlbear was that like a real thing? Yeah, that well, that's a, that's a real creature. Yes, 
Nice. Owl bear? So, yeah, it's not, like not a like a real creature, but that's right, right, right. Yeah. It's like a bear with like a giant owl head kind of. Okay, whatever. Like the feathers go down and like over the shoulders and stuff. It looks All pretty right, cool. Okay. Um, or it's like I've never eaten one of those, but I will. <laughs> I can make a burger out of it. <laughs> <laughs> if we lived in, yeah, can you imagine if we lived in like Dungeons and Dragons world? How it would be like? What type of jerky am I going to have today? <laughs> have some dragon or owl some, bear. <laughs> yeah, some griffin and, jerky and we would not live long because we would do stupid shit mm-hmm. yeah. but uh, so anyway as I was saying the one of the things like Dungeons and Dragons is way more out in the open now mm-hmm. where like I know there's so many people that'll be like my Dungeons and Dragons group is getting together and this and that and, like then like in the 80s when it was satanic Ooh, yeah like it, well things. back then people like had to hide their like for it but so the people that like the game are going to go see the movie in the theater and be excited about it and talk about it. It is still possibly poison to people that are just kind of mainstream and you need to get some of them for a movie to be a big hit. Cause like the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings and superhero movies and all that, we're able to pull in those, those random crowds. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, people in that group can make like an Iron Man joke or can talk about Iron Man and stuff like that. You're not seeing them talk about like 20 sided die. So you, I'm really hoping that Chris Pine or someone is able to bring in that group. Agreed, because it because it looked it does look like a kick-ass movie, but people I don't, don't know that Chris Pine will be that draw though. Yeah. Agreed, but maybe if it's a cool enough movie, enough action movie fans will go to it anyway. Mm-hmm. If it's done well enough, and it looks pretty fucking good so far. Cool. They're um. They're building towards a lot of the Marvel shows as well. There's a huge amount of Marvel conversations. Oh, yeah. Um, I guess the next thing they're building towards is the multiverse saga. Uh, uh, which we... Secret Wars, isn't it? I think Secret... Well, Secret Wars is kind of part of the multiverse saga. Okay. Um, But I think that's, like, the next, like, big Thanos-level thing. Um, We, of course, have uh, She-Hulk Attorney at Law coming out soon. They may... It looked actually kind of fun. Eh. <sighs> I, I saw the trailer for it. And the new one or the old one? The the one that was supposedly released with uh, at SDC. What the She Hulk? The one that starts the ones that start off with that starts off with the Hulk um, waking her up with like an air horn. Oh no no no! I didn't see that one. I saw the the one I saw was the one where they were doing like yoga at the beginning. Oh no, that's that's the. Oh wait, yeah, that's the same one. And it it looks. I'm not I'm not sold on it. We'll just say that. Let me ask you a question. Is it the She-Hulk movie? Is this going to be a series? TV show. It's a series, it's a series right? Disney Plus? Plus. Okay. Disney All right. Plus. That's yeah. what I thought. Yeah. Okay. She's an attorney that is dealing with um, super villains and superheroes and stuff. Got it. Um, I happen to like Tatiana Maslany, so I'm, mm-hmm. I was sold as soon as they they hired her. What is she? Um, and I you... also like. Oh, she was in uh, Orphan Black. She was the main. Oh, oh, okay. Because I see a picture of her here, she but she's also, all green, so it's hard to tell. <laughs> yeah, and she was also the. Um, I think she was in Parks and Recreation as like the girlfriend of one of the dudes who was like she was like an overseas doctor and came back came for a couple episodes. I remember that. I don't. I didn't catch that that was her though. Yeah, but either way, uh, Secret Evasion. I think. You said Secret Wars, but Secret Invasion is the scroll thing. I think that's going to be an animated series. But I'm not sure. 
Oh, okay. All I, all I see is a logo. Uh, Quantumania is actually the next Marvel movie, and that's an Ant-Man and Wasp movie. Uh, yeah. And, of course, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which is going to apparently uh, look into the background of uh, Rocket Raccoon. And what what phase are we currently in? Aren't we currently in, like, 4, or are we in 5? We're in 4. They've announced 5. They announced 5 is going to be this Quantumania thing, and then 6 is going to be the Fantastic Four and X-Men. We'll 6? Yeah, they've even announced the first 4 for 6. Uh, for Phase Six, yeah. which is yeah gonna be awesome. I mean, the first Phase Six is um, let's see, Fantastic Four and X Men. Fantastic Four. There's two um two Avengers. It's gonna be basically Secret Wars. Uh, apparently, like that's That'd be interesting. Yeah, I mean, it looks there's a bunch of different Secret Wars monikers, but. I don't know which one they're going to do. What, what do you mean? What is that? You, there's the one from the 80s that was like the first major crossover thing. But there's a more recent one where it was like the world is divvied up into different like battle worlds. Um, wait, wait. So they're both – the both of the different secret wars are kind of like ver- fairly different from each other? They're not – so so the, the one question mark really – like a character – uh, the the one from the eighties was like a character grabbing a bunch of superheroes and like pulling them out, um, of, and like bringing them to a planet. And that's where the the black Spider Man costume came from, and and uh, certain things like that. Um, the more recent one, it was like, I think Doctor Doom. I didn't really. I was. I had quit reading comics at this point, but I think Doctor Doom like was able to remake the world, and. Decided to basically divvy up the world into different like areas that, but each of them are kind of like you know, there's like a desolate desert area where some of the like older versions of the characters that you'd seen in other worlds were like it's weird, like Old Man Wolverine and Old Man Hawkeye and stuff like that, like existed. So they, they kind of took all of the little like what ifs type stories and made it as if they were really happening. And that's what Secret Wars is? Yeah. One of the Secret Interesting. Wars. Interesting. One of the versions. So we don't really know which one they're going yeah. with, is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Speaking of what if, there's a second season coming out and possibly even a third. Yep. That was another thing that was announced at the Comic-Con. Uh, Daredevil Born Again was something I was very excited about because I loved the Daredevil show. It'll be, uh, I believe, an 18-episode uh, series with Charlie Cox coming back. Oh, they're, they're all right, cool. 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 And uh, uh, Thunderbolts as well, which is a, well, I don't want to spoil that one. Yeah, I don't know Thunderbolts. What is that? I've never heard of that one. Uh, probably the Marvel version of Suicide Squad, gen- generally. Okay. Interesting. Okay. The Avengers movies you mentioned are Avengers, the Kang Dynasty, and Avengers Secret Wars. Right. So it looks like Kang messes with the timeline, and then Secret Wars looks like. So it looks like it will probably be that latter Secret uh, Secret Wars, not the original one. Okay, because of Kang. Like that's yeah. how you know uh, the original Secret Wars. Well, it's very heralded. It's actually was just a way to sell toys. So, <laughs> story, okay. story wise, eh, but people love it because they remember their childhood. But there's a lot. I mean, they they're already announcing movies all the way into November of 2025. I mean, it's pretty awesome. 
Is there a chance that Captain America or Iron Man or anything like because I don't I'm not steeped in the comic book lore, but is there a chance that these guys could come back, either one or both? There I doubt is it. Always a chance that someone can come back when it comes to comic books. That's what I'm saying, but like I, since I don't know the comics, actor wise. Yeah, Talking, like actor wise. Well, no, I mean like the characters kind of done. I mean the characters could definitely come back one way or the other. Okay. I mean, there's been entire series of Iron Man comics, like episode, like issues long, where Iron Man was like a an android with Tony Stark's like personality in it. So, so the the whole thing though, Omar, is that you've got they've now introduced the multiverse, so they could just grab they can, Steve Rogers from another dimension. They can do whatever they, they want. They can always bring them back at any point, just using the multiverse. That makes so. perfect sense, and I think and. From a writer's perspective, the multiverse idea is genius because you can do whatever, the, literally whatever you want. But it also takes away from some of the, some of the meaning of like a kid because I mean they could turn around in the next movie and just bring back Robert Downey Jr. and then his death would have meant absolutely nothing. But he's just from another so universe. You, you you have to be careful with that because you run the risk of of doing like what ha- what happens in the comics where. You know, they kill a character, and everybody's like, yeah, it doesn't matter. They're going to bring it back. So there's like an apathy. They should, that they should come to our universe and grab actual Robert Downey Jr. And bring him <laughs> back to the Marvel Universe. Be like, yeah. we've got Tony Stark. And he'll be like, no, I was just a role I was playing. I was just a, I'm just an actor. Remember? Chaplin? <laughs> Woo-hoo. No, no, no. Turn, turn Marvel into Galaxy Quest. There you go. <laughs> Galaxy yeah. Quest. Yeah. That was a great movie. I'd watch that. <laughs> Marvel. That's funny. That's really funny. So, uh, yeah, all the stuff announced at San Diego Comic-Con. There was, of course, uh, it's all online. You can just look up, you know, announcements, San Diego Comic-Con, and you'll be able to see all of these trailers that we uh, just talked about. It's exciting times. And you could do it while hiding in your house because if you live in Florida, you might be stabbed. Okay. Well, let's be fair. All right, let's not. No, I want to be fair. Okay. We've all needed to like sell something for money, right? Like this is just like sometimes you need a, you need a couple extra bucks like you, so you find something to sell. Right? Well, yeah. this woman in Florida. Virginity. Whatever, whatever. Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> this woman in Florida um, from, I believe it said Ocoee. Well, she went into a, a Mineola, Florida, which is uh, like west of Orlando, and she went to a public s- supermarket because she had a teddy bear that she wanted to sell. I don't see anything wrong with that, but you got to be careful sometimes because, you know, there's crazy people out there. So when she brought her teddy bear to sell behind this public supermarket, tell me it had a human heart inside of it. I really hope so. But for, I think really, if you think about it, for defensive purposes, she also brought a whip and a pitchfork. So, so she stood, she stood in the rain selling her teddy bear, probably because she's a good person and wanted to make a kid happy, you, you cynical bastards, okay? And who doesn't have a pitchfork and a black whip laying around, you know? That's what I was for, thinking. For, for, Where the hell did she get I don't know. I don't know. That's what I was thinking. I'm, I'm not being political here, but of 
if I needed to grab a weapon, I think, and if they were like, the only way to defeat this person would be if you have a pitchfork, I would be screwed. So, like, where do I, get a pitchfork? I, would, uh, I don't even know where and, to get a pitchfork. And who the hell leaves their house and goes, you know what? I might run into Frankenstein. So yeah. I'm going to grab this. <laughs> you know what's the most versatile thing I own? Or Shrek. A pitchfork. <laughs> it's yeah. like ridiculous. Grab your torch and pitchfork. Well, they um, conceal this pitchfork. She, the police, somebody called the cops on her, which is weird. I don't know why. All she had was a pitchfork and a whip. It's not a big deal. So they call the cops. They tell her to Have put you her. Have been to Mineola? <laughs> they put, tell her to put a weapon down. She refuses because, you know. Does a, does a pitchfork fall under the Second Amendment? But let's not go down that road. The trooper managed to remove the weapon from her possession, handcuff her, and place her in the back of a patrol car. I bet it was because they weren't going to turn on their body cam. Probably. But here's the deal. Once she's in the back of the car, she didn't stop. She began kicking the rear right window while they were waiting for an EMS. The, another trooper who arrived at the scene assisted the first trooper with placing Stone's feet into a hobble. Um, she did not need to go to the hospital. The manager of the public told troopers that she was trying to sell teddy bears behind the store earlier and later began running around with a whip and a pitchfork, which she used. Okay. In fairness, she did use the whip, the pitchfork to defend herself. She stabbed a minivan. <laughs> because, <laughs> well, I mean, because she thought it was a dragon. Well, exactly. Yeah. I mean, minivans can be uh, dangerous. So I'm assuming she robbed like a barn, right? Like maybe the, that's where she got the pitchfork and the. All right, hold on a second. Because that there was like meth in those teddy bears. There's a there's a weird oh, yeah. there's a part of the story that doesn't make sense to me. I saw her mug. It, it it says there a was trooper definitely meth involved. A trooper wrote in the arrest report that she appeared to be quote highly intoxicated on some sort of some sort of stimulant drug, but I got to tell you guys, I don't buy that. I, I don't see that. I, this, I think that's an inflate. Like I think this cop is just inflating the situation. Those triple espressos from Starbucks. Are yeah, like I don't think she was. Drink one of them. Next thing you know, you're stabbing minivans with a. Pitchfork. There's no way. Did you? <laughs> did you see what the uh, cop said when they approached her? With the pitchfork. No, not in this article. Hey. Huh? Hey. Pitchfork. Hey. Huh? Oh my god. Yeah. I think we I just that, I think Rob just signed off. Great job, Greg. <laughs> oh my god. Hey. She she was charged with aggravated assault with a deadly weapon and transported to Orange. Orange Lake County Jail? Which county? Orange or Lake? Anyway. I guess it's right in between. I guess it's right on the border. Um, yeah. So, I don't want to ever go there. I, I mean, you know, they saw somebody they needed to arrest. I see someone with a great idea. You know, I guess it depends. Everybody's different. I, I, I'm i getting a pitchfork. I don't I know where to get it. This woman with a bag of teddy bears like that. Those weird, the big like garbage bags that are kind of like the crinkly, like see-through plastic. You know what I'm talking about? Like the grayish see-through plastic. Yeah. Like the industrial style garbage bag, mm -hmm. like just full of teddy bears. And being like, oh, I'll sell this one to you. And then when someone's like, where'd you get all those teddy bears? She's like, don't ask questions. And like she grips the pitchfork tighter. <laughs> That's really funny. I don't even know where to go with it. I mean, that is just so weird. Oh, yeah. They're definitely covered in angel dust. <sighs> Angel <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. The child was hugging her teddy bear and then started bench pressing a car. 
Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> <clears throat> well, um, do you uh, know who else in no way had ever had anything to do with any sort of drugs or pills? Oh, uh, we can't do Elvis right now. Why? I wanted later. to get into Elvis. Because I got to do the two short things. <sighs> Elvis is like kind of a big movie. Okay. That you guys somehow miraculously never Damn heard of. It. No, I heard of it. I just didn't go see it. I thought that I could. Well, I'm going to talk I about. I consciously made the decision to ignore it. I- I'm going to talk about a book and a video game. Okay. Real quick. So okay, we are into our main right, topics here. Okay. Let's do that first. Then we'll get to Elvis. Okay. Uh, the book is called The Me You Love in the Dark. Mm-hmm. Uh, it did come out in March of 2022. Or I'm sorry, actually, it came out a year ago. But the trade paperback just came out in 2000 in March. Um, so picked it up, and it is a six-issue series uh, written by Scotty Young. I don't actually have the artist, but Scotty Young, um, he is the artist, and Rob, you'll know this person, but he's the one that draws all the like cute kid versions of like X-Men and stuff that they always make statues for. Okay. Like the ones with like the little Wolverine with the big eyes and stuff. Um, he also drew a Wizard of Oz series for Marvel, which was really good, and he did a thing called I Hate Fairyland. Super cool dude. Um, just has an awesome style, and um, he wrote this this book. He didn't do the art for this book, which I should have written it down, but I didn't. So someone look it up. But anyway, um, it is a horror comic, and horror comics very rarely will scare me because it's, I don't know, horror books, horror comics, they might make me unsettled, but there's never any, like, real fear. Uh, the story is an artist named Roe. Uh, retreats from the grind of the city to an old house in a small town to find solace and inspiration without realizing the muse within it is not what she expected. Fans of Stephen King and Neil Gaiman will enjoy this beautiful, dark, and disturbing story of discovery, love, and terror. Uh, it is that typical story. Someone with writer's – or she's a painter, so someone with, like, artist block or is having a hard time getting her new show ready. So she decides that she's going to get out of the city and move to the, the house. And you see this story in American Horror Story. You see it in a bunch of other things. Uh, when she goes there, she, of course, meets a spirit, demon, ghost, whatever you want to call it, in the house. And the story actually changes there a little bit. Um, it, she doesn't get scared of it. She exi- coexists with it and eventually falls in love with it. What's interesting is the way the creature is. You know, um, what was that? There was some cartoon or book or movie where the like it had like these dummy figures with like tentacles that like extended out of their backs and like were convincing people to like do things was that was that like a was that do you remember what i'm talking about rob like i don't remember if it was like someone coaxing pirates into the water or something like that but basically like that whenever they draw draw it there's like you see the this like dark figure of someone, but hiding in the shadows is like this grotesque creature with all sorts of eyeballs and nastiness and stuff like that, kind of mm-hmm. that she doesn't see, but you as the reader can see it. Okay. Um. So she's starts falling in love with this thing. Uh, her art style changes from kind of happy go lucky to really dark and spooky. Um, her agent is like. What are you doing? Again, this is only six issues, so it doesn't go too long. But she, the agent comes, and basically the the whole thing is at a certain point you realize this is not really what this is about. 
uh, what it's about is an abusive relationship where she's painting and all this stuff, but, and she realizes that he's been basically keeping her, this creature has been keeping her in the house and won't let her leave. And when the agent comes, bad things happen because now there's another person in the house and can't have that because you're, if you're in an abusive relationship one way or the other, mm-hmm. it's, it makes it difficult. Um, it's very well done. I do think when it shifts, it's uh, you go from reading, you know, you can like read page after page after page of supernatural stuff, and it's kind of cool. I can't wait to see what's going to happen next, or what's what ter- twist are they going to do. And then when you realize it's about a relationship, you kind of slow down on reading because it's like kind of almost emotionally exhausting at points, right? Um, and while it's a really good allegory. It's and it's very well done. Like I said, um, at a certain point, you almost forget that she's talking about a de- a ghost, demon, whatever. They never explain what that is. Creature. Uh, you kind of forget that she's talking about that, and instead, it's almost like she's talking about a boyfriend or a husband. Um, and it's you know, it's just a, it's a very well done story. Um, I enjoyed it. It was you know worth the wait because I I had heard good things about it. A year ago, I think I talked about it on the show actually. A year ago, um, but you know, it's definitely it goes from being spooky horror to very heavy, and then it has a pretty satisfying ending. So, well, when um, it would make a really good short movie or like one-off movie and something like a maybe not Fear Street because Fear Street was kind of fun. Fear Street was really it would make like a good maybe ah, Black Mirror involves technology, but you know what I'm talking about like a like a one part of uh, some anthology thing of an anthology. Yeah. When you said Neil, uh, Neil Gaiman and Stephen King come like, that's a really interesting way to put it. Like that sounds really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I own it. So if you guys want to borrow it, indeed you can. So that's that. And I will keep talking real quick because we don't get a chance to talk about video games on here that much. Video game stray. Uh, I saw the trailer for this, I don't know, a year over a year ago, and it's a game in which you play a cat, as a cat. And I was sold. I didn't even have a cute little orange cat at the time, but now I do have a cute little orange cat. So you get to basically play as my little orange cat. Uh, it came out this week, July 19th, on uh, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, and Microsoft Windows. Um, the Stompsis Stray is a 2022 adventure game developed by Blue 12 Studios and published by Annapurna Interactive. Story follows a stray cat who falls into a walled city populated by robots, machines, and viruses and sets out to return to the surface with the help of a drone companion called B12. Uh, you start off as a cat and you're basically sleeping in like a a big like pipe that's on the side. I think it's like a dam, you know, like one of those pipes that's always just dripping water. And you're going with your little cat buddies, and they kind of teach you how to play the game, and you follow the cat buddies, and then you jump onto a pipe, and it breaks, and you fall into the not outside. So you're in the outside, which is a world that apparently has healed itself after all the humans are gone. When you fall into the down, the, the inside, you run into a bunch of robots, and your initial thought is what? Like whenever you see a bunch of robots in a town and there's no humans around, the thought is what? The robots revolted and killed all the humans. Yeah, exactly. This happens in 
sci-fi. There's actually a big sci-fi episode about it uh, this past week. In, uh, the Orville. Oh, right. Um, this is actually different, which is pleasantly different. It, it's not the ro- the humans. Uh, you find that you're. I'm not going to tell you what actually happened, but the robots didn't kill the humans. The humans made a mistake, and the robots actually missed the humans. And they've kind of continued on living the way the humans were living, and you can tell that they miss them because there's like little shrines to them and stuff spray painted on the wall, like R.I.P. humans and stuff like that. Uh, the game is really fun. Um, you get to do cat things. Uh, when I played, I played it for a while, and like, you know, you're of course doing the story. I walked into a room, and there was one of those little like um, ping pong balls, like the little cat balls with the bell inside of it that has like little holes in it. And I saw it, and I was like, "Woo!" And I like ran over, and I was pressing the button to like smack the ball around for a while. Mm. I'm like, "What am I doing?" <laughs> um, there's a button specifically to make you meow, <laughs> and you can, and you can like meow at the robots, and kind of you can get them. You can like weave in and out of their legs. You can do all sorts of stuff. Um, interesting control setup too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't. You can't just jump anywhere. Like you have to wait for the little prompt on the screen. It's like a little diamond. So you have to kind of move the camera around to see where you're going to jump, and then you press the button. Um, it's not too overwhelming, but I kind of like it because I would feel miserable if I kept on jumping off of, like, cliffs and stuff and killing my cat, jumping off roofs and things. Like, that would be bad. So definitely fun. You know, definitely. It's I think if you just kind of play it straight through, it's like a six-hour game. But I was taking it slow and because you can – you can knock. You can do everything a cat can do for the most part. You can do. <laughs> you can be Crawl aloof. Front, you okay, can, got it. <laughs> yeah, you can be aloof. You can. Yeah, like my cat in the middle of the game just stopped paying attention. <laughs> just wandered off screen. What a fun game! <laughs> I said jump. Damn it! What are you doing? It's just staring at you, I'm licking its paw. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, you can. You can like. Lay down on pillows and like this little music. Thing. You can sleep. You can sit um, in a beam of light, sunlight. Yeah, yeah. You can. Oh, you can scratch up furniture. That's so funny. Which so you can like if you press the um the two shoulder buttons, you can like scratch things like left and right. You can do that. So that's cute. Um, you can definitely knock stuff off of of ledges. Very big fan of that. The cat is so. It's it's um, interesting just, that you the the drone is called B twelve. Does that have anything to do with the viruses? Like, cause you get like a B12 shot to help you get like. Oh, maybe. I don't know. It's just like, it's actually what's in, what's really interesting. And I, I thought it was going to be annoying at first, but it didn't last for long. You get the drone and the drone's like battery is about to die. So the way the, the drone is there to help you pick up stuff because you're a cat, you can't. Um, So you get the drone and the battery's about to die. So you get like a backpack for it. So it can like kind of land, like it lands on your back. And then pops up and flies around and helps you. But the second you put the backpack on, you know, I don't know if you've ever put any sort of like jacket or vest or anything on a cat or a dog, and they like freak out and start hunching really to, <laughs> low to the ground, and like they won't like move. The like, just like like all over. you do that, and all of a sudden like you can't move as a as a character. Like you're like you start moving really really slow, and I'm like, what? Okay, this is gonna suck. And then the drone's like, yeah. I'm not that heavy. You'll get used to it. And then the cat like perks up and starts moving better. It's like, okay. That's so funny. Uh, it's a cheaper game. It's like 39 bucks. I think, uh, I've loved it. I thought it was really cute. 
Um, my wife is, I keep on bothering her like, look, look, I'm a cat. I'm doing things, cat things. I'm doing cat things. I think it's a really unique idea. Like somebody thought, sat down and thought, I'm going to make a video game where I'm a cat. <laughs> like that's just <laughs> like, that's cre- to me. It's like creative and odd in a good way. I was playing it and both of my cats were actually watching me and I'm convinced that they, they were, were like, plotting. the fuck is this they guy doing? That you. is cultural appropriation, sir. <laughs> I am going to poop in your <laughs> shoes. Full disclosure. I was going to poop in your shoes anyway, but now, yeah, but yeah, now I have I a reason. reason. Yeah, I'm going to claw out your eyes. Oh my God. That's hilarious. That's cat racist. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm currently feuding with my cats. <laughs> that's fair. I, I don't see that ending well for you. No, no, no. Well, the orange one is sweet and fluffy and doesn't do anything bad. The, the gray one is like straight up killer. Like there's, there are no lizards left in my yard. <laughs> Just like that. Or my back patio. So. Well, uh, Stray, it is available on PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Windows, apparently. Uh, it's worth it. It's, you know, it's a fun little escape. And I believe it's third person, so you, you see yep. the cat on the screen. So. Now, someone else can talk. Omar, yes. tell us what you think about uh, Resident Evil. Okay, um, because I watch I watched the whole thing. I don't want to spoil anything for you if you're uh, if you're enjoying. Okay, so yeah, I'm halfway through the eight episode um, season, season one. It's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Oh, I forgot to look up the release date, but it's pretty new. Um, it stars Ella Belinska, Tamara Smart, who are two sisters in the show. Um, Sienna Agudong and <laughs> yeah, and Adeline Rudolph. So it's basically like these two sisters are, there's like a younger version of them and an older version of them. And the show kind of goes back and forth. <clears throat> uh, Paula Nunez plays the CEO of Umbrella Corporation, Lance Reddick. Um, he plays the two sisters. He's the dad and he's a high, high level guy at umbrella. Um, Connor Gasati, Anthony Oseyemi. I only, that, that's all the names I have. I only picked names that were in seven out of the eight episodes or more. I didn't get into the like lower, um, uh, anyone who was in less than that. So, cause there was a lot of names on there. Synopsis. Nearly July 14th, by the way. Thank you. July 14th of uh, 2022 uh, is when that came out. Um, Nearly three decades after the discovery of the T-virus, an outbreak reveals the Umbrella Corporation's dark secrets. And it's based, of course, on the horror franchise Resident Evil. So there's two storylines going on. One of the sisters in the future, um, when the world is basically overrun by zombies. And then the two of them, when they're approximately, I would say, high school age, um, not a huge spoiler because it happens very early. One of them, they decide to go and play detective inside of Umbrella Corp. Their dad works for Umbrella Corp. This takes place in South Africa. And they, mm-hmm. you know, being teenagers, they go and they, they, like I said, play detective. And they end up going into the lab. They accidentally let out a dog that is infected. And the dog bites one of them. 
So that's the two storylines. One is the older one of them trying to do her thing. And the second storyline is the younger version of them dealing with the bite. The world is still a normal place, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I, I mean, it's a TV show. I think it's a little bit on the campy side, but I guess the movies were as well. Now that I really think about it, um, I'm enjoying it. I think it's, I think it's pretty good. Um, there's a couple of characters like Rob, that guy, um, you know, the guy who is working for Umbrella Corp in the, like in the future version, um, who is a, I guess he's the leader of like this group of hunters and they're like looking for that girl. And, um, he's a little bit overplayed, I guess, um, Mm -hmm. as an actor they're good. It's, it's a good show. I'm enjoying it. I do like the resident evil world. I think it's interesting. I like the idea of the T virus and it gets out. Uh, So I like the sort of background and the lore of it. Um, I think that this is a perfectly acceptable uh, show that has to do with the zombies. And I like how it kind of goes back and forth through time and how certain things are being revealed that I don't want to spoil because I do have a couple of pieces of information four episodes in. Um, I would recommend it. I think if you like the Resident Evil movies, don't expect, you know, Mila Jovovich. It's nothing like that. It's nothing. I don't find it to be like her version of the movie, like the movies. But um, if you like horror or zombie movies and you like the Resident Evil idea, I, I say go with it. I think it's pretty cool. I think, I think, and I, I another thing I really like about it is how they get into some of the, um, you, you get a little bit of background and details about Umbrella Corp and about the T-Virus. Like it gives you, it gives you some background that I don't remember from the movies. I'm not a gamer, so I didn't play the game. I don't know how much of that is involved in the actual video game, but I, I did like that you kind of see, um, you, you get you get a good idea of Umbrella Corp and how it worked and how easy it could be for things to go wrong. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, ultimately, I thought the because se- I finished the series and ultimately, I thought the series was okay. Um, I I don't really feel like it was a whole lot new here. Okay. I mean, it's it's still the hey, Umbrella Corp is doing some shady shit. Hey, something happens and the shady shit gets out. Hey, guess what? We've got zombies. <laughs> and it's zombies. And I'm like, all right. I mean, if you're a fan of like zombie shows and you like zombie shows for, for being zombie shows, then yeah, you'll enjoy That's it. my point. Exactly. Um, but I mean, if you're looking for anything new from Resident Evil, I really don't know that this is... That this is- I think it's entertaining. There's there's a little bit going on later on that I don't really want to ruin for you, Omar, mm-hmm. but there's there's other stuff going on other than just the T-virus. Well, I'm there's okay with you ruining it because, you know, everybody knows that there might be spoilers, so if you want to say it, that's fine with me. I'm going to watch it there's, anyway. There's there's some cloning involved. Interesting. And there and there's some comedy involved with uh with uh meeting some of the clones and whatnot later. Okay, on. interesting. I mean, the <sighs> It's... Tell me, tell me, they're like the South Park clones. No, I've made a lion with four asses. <laughs> no. Negative. <laughs> but, I forgot but, about that. 
Omar, one of the scenes that really made me laugh, I think you've probably already seen it, was was when um when they have the uh the dick measuring contest and the guy finds out when he whips his out that his is like six feet long and he's like, Oh no, I did not see that yet. That's funny. Yes, you did. It's in the principal's office. No, I, I that doesn't ring a bell. Maybe I was I would have remembered that. Maybe I was like out of the room and I didn't pause it. When when they assaulted the bully? I think it's only it's not very far in. It's only a couple of episodes in. How many asses did he have? Oh, what you mean like wait, I thought you meant literal dick measuring contest. No, no, oh, no, no. Okay. No, no. The sister attacks I remember the bully that. Yes. And yes, the, yes, 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 yes. The bully's dad like freaks out and is like, "I want the police. I'm going to have you arrested. You're going to be And then in her jail. dad comes blah, in blah, 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 and blah. he's like, "What, what do you do, do again?" <laughs> that was really that was really cuz because we're dealing with zombies and T-virus and cloning and all kinds of crazy shit. I thought maybe you literally and and we just saw the the boys. So I I assumed you meant literal dick measuring contest. <laughs> yeah, no, no. He laid he laid it all out there not realizing that his opponent was like Yeah. That wow. was that was a good scene. You can put that away. But it was a good scene. That was a vindicating scene. That was that felt good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Um yeah, I get you. And and it was funny because he kind of knew what was going on after he had after he had like uh, blown up all over his daughter and threatened the threatened the guy's daughter, and the guy walks in and she goes, "Ah, oh, Mr. Wesker," and the dad of the bully looks and goes, and goes "Oh shit, oh shit, fuck! I can't believe it's this guy." <sighs> and then as soon as you see that, you're like, "Okay, it it was a nice, it was nice. I I did enjoy that." Because it was such a game on, yeah. Well, because it sets it up so well to where like you really feel bad for the girl, like you really feel bad for her. So when I did kind of, no, I didn't. I was going to say I felt bad for the bully's dad, but I, but I didn't. No. I didn't because they were such assholes. It was, yeah. it was so, it felt so good and vindicating. It was nice. Yeah, it was nice. But I mean, ultimately, the show is. I mean, for me, it was just kind of okay. Um, the it's fine. There's nothing to. I, I would say it's it's entertaining. Um, it's it's not. There's nothing groundbreaking about it. I I think if you watch all eight episodes, you won't mind watching them, but you'll have forgotten about them in a year. Is that fair? That's 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 a fair that's okay. a fair assessment. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, guys, are you done talking about the show? Well, yeah, but now I'm thinking of measuring. Dicks. I'm gonna need some breaking news music. Can someone? Breaking news. We got breaking news. Uh, just in from uh, let's see, comicbook.com. Uh, Aragon is coming back what? to live action. You remember the Aragon movie? Yeah, that failed. So that was hard. so hard to watch. Yep. It was awful. Um, that was in 2006. Uh, Disney Plus is uh, developing a new version of it with the original, uh, uh, I guess, writer, maybe? Hmm. I think that's a story that like could be good. Yeah, writer? Christopher They're going to give Paolini. them another chance to fuck it up? Uh, well, this is actually using the original, like, like the original writer. So, yeah. The, it could be a good story. Like, a- Wait, the- you mean the original writer of the book or the movie? Or the original writer of the of the first movie? of the book? Uh, okay. Oh, okay, that's better. Okay. That, that movie was hard. And he's to watch. actually, at least I, I I'm assuming because this article is very 
weirdly written. Franchise creator Christopher Paolini serving as, serving as a co-shortener and will be writing the project, but he apparently wrote the books too. So Okay. Um, so breaking news for you nerds out there. There it is. That, I mean, that could have been a good story, but it was... Just, I don't remember just, it at it all. Was, yeah, no, it was... I remember it wasn't. Good. It was. It was. It was. I. I think I'm pretty easy most of the time on movies, yeah, and when it comes to Greg, but that movie was just bad, and I don't say that often. It was. It was just really bad. <laughs> like it was painful. This coming from the guy who loves a. I, not. Not the second time I saw it. No. But. <laughs> what the hell were you doing the first time you saw it? Who the fuck remembers smoking a lot of weed? Apparently, no, and that's the thing is that's not my thing. So who knows? But yeah, and I can even I could even sit tonight and watch Sound of Thunder again and be, I'm fine. It's not a big deal. And I think Aragon was a terrible movie. <laughs> so uh, take that uh, take that for what it's worth. But hey, maybe take that Aragon. Maybe maybe you know what? Maybe it'll maybe that new the new iteration will be better. You know, um, are are we seeing a trend now because we have the D, the D and D movie and and then Aragon being redone? Maybe maybe we're getting into fantasy and Lord of the Rings, coming Lord of the Rings is coming back. Exactly. Um, isn't Game of Thrones? Game of Thrones, exactly. So when you saw the sound of thunder the first time, were you in fact getting oral sex from Scarlett Johansson the entire time you're watching the movie? <sighs> don't don't mess with me, man. <laughs> that is literally the <laughs> only excuse. Don't. That I will accept. Don't toy with me like that, man. <laughs> no, I was not. No. <clears throat> I don't remember. It was well, like 12 years ago. I don't remember. Uh, we're going to move on to a streaming show from, I believe, Netflix. Uh, the Gray Man. This has a lot of star power behind it. Um, it was released July 22nd, so very recently. Uh, the director's are Anthony and Joe Russo. So um, Anthony and Joe Russo are connected to Avengers Endgame, Infinity War, Captain America Civil War, uh, The Winter Soldier. Um, Joe Russo produced a movie we talked about recently, um, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. He is also associated with Agent Carter. And Anthony Russo, um, among all the other Avengers awesome stuff, is also connected to the one of my favorite all-time shows, Community. Which I know, I think you guys, have you guys both seen Community? Yeah. Yes, I, it's one of my all-time love favorite it. shows. Too. I love it. Um, it stars Ryan Gosling, Chris Evans. Those are two young up-and-comers. You probably haven't heard of them yet. Um, Anna DeArmas, Billy Bob Thornton, who it's nice to see him in something again. But he's weird as hell. Jessica Fenwick. Other than being married to Angelina <laughs> Exactly. Um, somebody. That was his claim to fame? Well, yeah. But, I mean, he was kind of, you know. I mean, he was. Yeah, I know. He's done. He's done he's some done. stuff, you know. And he's and he's he's a good actor. He's just an odd dude. Um, another a another actor who I've never heard of named, simply named Danush, who I don't know. Alfrey Woodard, who is great. Um. Regé Jean Page, Wagner Mora, Julia Butters. That's all I added on here. Um, when the CIA's most skilled operative, whose true identity is known to none, 
accidentally uncovers dark agency secrets. Secrets. Excuse me. Pardon me. Secrets with a, secrets. with an R. Secrets. Um, a psychopathic former colleague puts a bounty on his head, setting off a global manhunt by international assassins. I'm, I was totally all in on this movie, but I have not had a chance to see it yet. What do we need to know? You uh, need to know that Chris Evans needs more psychopath roles. Oh. And less mustaches. No, the mustache was perfect. It looked like a porn stash. Am I wrong? It totally is. It is totally a porn stash. <laughs> and Chris Evans plays an un... I mean, he's not He's not really like a, like a psychopath psychopath, but he is kind of unhinged. And he's... I mean, he's not like over the top crazy, but he's... Yeah, he's super angry and super aggressive and like a torturer. And I mean, he... He achieves what he wants any means necessary. I mean, it collateral damage be damned. He will, I mean, and it, it, he does it very well. So this is a very different role than what people usually think about Chris Evans because of Captain America, et cetera. And, and if you, if you remember his role in Knives Out, do you do you remember his role in? Am Knives I the Out? only one that hasn't seen it? I, 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 did, I didn't I did. see it. It's, it's turned up several several notches. The the crazy is turned up several notches. Um, and he he does it well, and I I really would like to see more of that. Um, Ryan Gosling playing the, I mean, they can both do action. No question. Ryan Gosling can do action without question. And Chris Evans, I mean, he's been doing it for years. Captain America. Um, Anna de Armas had kind of like a side role in the movie, but she, she was good as well. And Billy Bob Thornton was the, uh, the mentor for the hero of the movie. And just, just a lot of really good action. Some really good performances turned in by by the lead characters, um, and the the ending I might say was a little unfulfilling. In that the real bad guys didn't get their comeuppance, um, because Lloyd Hansen was just the psychopathic puppet, but the one who was pulling the strings didn't really get their comeuppance and it's it, the the government corruption still is uh intact so to speak so you know maybe we'll get maybe we'll get a sequel but i mean the hero kind of got what he wanted and it, i mean i'm ruining everything at this point um you know the hero kind of gets what he wants but you know the audience is kind of left with that yeah but wh- what about this <laughs> kind of feeling so I mean the the lots of good action. The movie's pretty good. A little bit of tongue in cheek as they as he does kind of mention 007, and that's kind of what this is um, what this is modeled after. I would say. But it we go ahead. We've seen um, a million different secret agent movies, a million different hitman movies, and there's there has to be some sort of twist. That makes it interesting, whether it be the way it's filmed, like The Kingsman, which has other tw- cool twists too, like the kind of classic look. 
things like that. I I like the twist of kind of the opening of the Gray Man, where he's uh, like basically languishing in prison, and just how they find him and why they find him and that fun. that kind of thing. Um, I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, the I did not know the Russos had anything to do with it, and the fact that they are they do fairly decent amount of like bouncing around in like eras and stuff or time periods for these characters. Um, the Russos are really good at that, as you saw with the Winter Soldier and that kind of thing. Um, so it works really well. Like I probably, if you were like, okay, here's this movie, watch it. Okay, who was it that directed it? I would have probably been able to guess because there's some stylistic things that work pretty well. Um, by the way, uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once is coming back to the theaters with eight additional minutes. Oh, really? This, this week, yeah. I don't know that I'll so. pay to go see it again for eight because I know that'll so. be Yeah, I mean, I I own it on streaming, so. But anyway, that's a whole other thing. Um, there's something I thought was really cool and early on, and I'm trying to remember what it was because I, I, I had to stop after 30 minutes because I looked at the clock. It was like 3 in the morning. Mm. Holy crap. Is that even a thing? Yeah. So I was like, <laughs> my <laughs> oh usual bedtime. But um, I definitely was like, oh, man, I kind of want to keep watching this. So I, I do. I am going to finish it when we're done recording tonight. Actually. Yeah, I'm excited it's, to see it, it's too. A sol- it's a solid movie. It's a lot of fun. I, I definitely recommend it. Now, I, this was all the eggs in one basket for Netflix. They spent a ton of money on this in hopes that it would become a series, a um, franchise. Mm-hmm. Do you think that it will be successful without spoiling too much? You said the thing about it wasn't as satisfying an ending, but, but that may could be that be they the next? Open for a okay. So that between the directors and the actors, that's a lot. Of well, money. and that's that's a lot of big names. That's a lot of star power in one movie. And those directors have more than proven themselves at this point. So. What about, what do you think, do you Greg? Have any, do you have any numbers on how it's done so far, Greg? I'm looking right now. It, the budget was two hundred million dollars for streaming one Holy streaming sh- movie. Nikes. And I'm still confused as to how they how they gauge the overall value of something like that when they put it out on streaming. I mean, I've been trying to figure that I out too. I, I don't understand how they calculate the value of of developing your own movies because if it's just seen by your streamers i mean are you are you accounting for keeping their business for them not canceling or do you think that it actually uh uh, contributes to that or are you counting new memberships that log on and view this movie it's probably a combination because i thought of that as well like it must be it must have to do with new viewers as well like new new accounts, but but it, but I'm sure that it's an important like another important number is how many people are actually watching it. So it, I'm sure sh- I was, would imagine it's a combination of the two. It was number one. Yeah, like when new I viewers. The it. fact that they own it forever. That's a kind of an interesting too. thing. Where yeah, you know, you you sometimes wonder. It's like with certain. Like when a movie was in the theater, and it was like, oh man, it bombed. 
but it came out on video and it did really well and they ended up making so much money back on selling dvds and videos okay well that that era because now it's a streaming service so you make the movie once that doesn't mean anything nobody's buying dvds of it yeah so like okay great we make the movie it didn't do very well okay but that's okay in a month it's going to be on disney plus or netflix or whatever so that's where i'm very like uh in i'm wondering how how are they doing the math yeah um so like they do it with hours viewed which is still weird cuz you're not going you're not paying for netflix by the hour uh, just like those hotel rooms that rob gets by the hour i knew there was an hourly joke coming in there had to be it was, it was. thank you <laughs> It was How great. did I do? It was perfect. Worthy. Thank you. <laughs> well, I get it to match Greg's rate. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Didn't see that coming. <laughs> neither did Oh, he. shit. <laughs> uh, so I found this article. It is on Variety.com. Um, and it is. it was one of the most expensive movies that Netflix has ever done. It's also getting a big marketing push to try to get people to log on. Um, they do. They are basing this on hours. So, like, Red Notice has been the big For one. Sure. Uh, Three hundred sixty-four million um, people viewed it. Um, don't look up. Three hundred fifty-nine point eight, which I'm actually really surprised about, to be honest. I had no. I had very little interest. Yeah, neither um, did I. 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 I still haven't watched. It's it. not bad. Yeah, and I thought that it didn't do well because I never heard anyone talk about it. But apparently, that's the second most hours watched. Uh, Bird Box. That one, everyone knew that everyone was watching because there was literally nothing else to do at that time. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. So. Tiger King. Uh, these are movie original movies. Right. The thing uh, with Tiger King is it probably like cost like series. nothing, comparatively speaking. Well, and it was a series; it wasn't right. just one movie. Right. Fair enough. Um, it was. It's Red Notice, Don't Look Up, Bird Box, Adam Project, Extraction, Unforgivable, The Irishman, Kissing Booth Two, Six Underground, Spencer Confidential. The Irishman has two hundred fourteen point six million hours watched. Um, it's a very long movie, so that was literally only three people watching it. <laughs> One person twice, but that's – I get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, and they fell asleep during it. Let it. Let it keep playing. <laughs> that's three people. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> um, so, of course, it. they are hoping that it's it's going to, uh, um, you know, become a – an ongoing thing, so at which point then they're going to own that franchise, which I guess that's the big difference because Netflix doesn't really own anything. What are you talking about? Like, I'm talking about major series, because I, th- I don't think they have the rights to Stranger Things. Do they not? Like, Interesting. I don't know. Because it, I mean... Like, I'm, ta- I'm talking about franchises like, um, like, you know, Warner Brothers has Batman and all the right. Warner Brothers cartoons and Disney has everything else. Literally. Paramount House Spongebob, that kind of thing. I was going to say, because Stranger Things is is effing huge, and I, I thought it was a Netflix uh, Netflix original. That's a really good point, actually. Let's see. But I know a lot of Netflix, a lot, a lot of their... Uh, um, a lot of these details are kind of kept secret. Uh, nope. Duff. Okay, so the first 24 hours of the Duffer Brothers pitching the idea Duffer of the Stranger Things. Netflix bought Stranger Things to make it a show, but the Duffer Brothers still own own most of the rights to the show. That's huge. 
So like if there's a falling out and maybe there's like they a new leave. series, maybe Netflix might have first look, but the Duffer Brothers could be like, oh no, we're going to put it in the theater. Right. And then they have to make nice. We're going to go with Zune. <laughs> we're only going to stream to people's Apple Watches. <laughs> But when we do, wow. we want to make the but most when annoying. We, but when we do it, we're going to put a U two album on there too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. I, I'm a U two fan. Hi guys, call me. I'm not against them. Uh, so, Gray Man, that's that. Oh, you mentioned music. I can f- close out with music here, please. Uh, I am a big music fan. I don't like Elvis. I don't dislike the person. Just don't like the music. Never have. Damn. I kind of, I kind of like his music. I also don't like the Beatles all that much. Okay, either. we can't do this. Like now, you're just being divisive. <laughs> <laughs> Poison. <laughs> um. So what's interesting is I know just enough about Elvis. Um, I haven't yet gotten to the Elvis reading. Of, of all of my like books and stuff that I read about musicians. Um, I am scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Where is Elvis? There we go. Um, but this movie came out. It is directed by Baz Luhrmann. It is called Elvis, of course. And um, I didn't write down who it stars because I was doing this right before we started, and you guys were flirting with each other. <laughs> it, it's true. We were. <clears throat> I was enraged with jealousy. Uh, Elvis, and I, I really want to talk about who's in it because they are really good. Uh, Tom Hanks, of course, is in it. That one I knew. Uh, Colonel Tom Parker. Austin Butler plays Elvis. Olivia DeJong uh, plays Priscilla. Helen Thompson plays Gladys, who I'm not sure. I guess that's his mom. Uh, Richard Roxburgh plays Vernon, his dad. Kelvin Harrison Jr. plays a, a young man named B.B. King. Uh, David Wenham, who is uh, from uh, Lord of the Rings, actually. He plays Hank Snow, like an old-time country dude that, that toured with Elvis. Um, and so this movie is it, – it's – I thought it was very interesting because at the very beginning of the movie, you can tell very clearly who the villain is. And the villain He's, is Colonel he, Tom. He has to be. Yeah. Um, but the entire movie, he is the narrator – and it's even though he's the villain, the whole movie allows him to make his case that he's not, which is very rare for that kind of movie. Usually, they'll actually change the real life things to make the villain seem more villainous. In this one, it's like, okay, here's all the shit that went down. And then the whole thing is like, but wait, I also did this, 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 and this. So it's, it's very interesting. Um, you guys, I'm assuming you, I know Omar does, knows who Boz yeah. Lerman is. Um, he is a very stylized director. Um, he, of course, did the Romeo and Juliet remake thing. Um, I believe he came from the music video industry. Um, didn't he? He did. Uh, oh, he did the Great Gatsby movie that came out a couple years ago. So very, very stylized. And the movie is very well edited, and it basically takes you through Elvis's Elvis as a child, where he. he um, is living in a poor, basically, he's, this is all true, obviously. He lived in, um, like, the one white house that was allowed in a black part of town. So it was all shacks. 
and a one of those traveling church things with the tents, the tent revival. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Came yeah. came through, and Elvis went and saw it, and he was he was kind of he kind of puts two and two together where the the one like blues musician that he watches through like a crack in the the wall, um, sitting on a chair and playing music, can be combined with all of the showmanship of like one of these revivals. And it kind of puts two and two together in his brain, and he becomes a musician. Um, I didn't know a lot. I don't because I don't know a lot about Elvis. There were certain like references to his different like comebacks and things like that that I didn't know about. And oh, like in the sixties, one 70s. of the things. So like, there was I guess whenever I heard this like sixty right. comeback special. Like or whatever that was, I didn't think of it. I didn't think of the word "special" as a like a TV show special. Like I was, I thought of it as just like I don't know, like a spe- you, where you hear the term "special" used in other ways. Yeah, I don't know. That's um, where he's wearing that like black leather suit thing, and he's like, "Yep," in a TV yep, studio, like, and with the big Elvis behind mm-hmm. him, like the big like yep. light up Elvis on stage. So that was literally yep. a special. Um. So what I guess what happened? He takes off. He wiggles his hips. Teenage girls everywhere moisten their um, and Rob britches. And Rob moistens <laughs> his under britches multiple times. There is a very high percentage chance that all of our moms is not, not my mom. Actually, my mom hates Elvis too. Your your mom was listening to the Commodores. She didn't give a shit about Elvis. <laughs> she absolutely was. <laughs> Lionel Richie is a different story. We'll talk um, about that another time. Not in the 50s. Well, no, I'm because Elvis was still around in the 70s. I'm just making it. Yeah, true. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so you know, there was of course a bunch of these southern uh, towns and and northern towns. Actually, it was the northern towns that were at least had some of the the government power to try to like censor him. Uh, tried to get him out of there because he was you know wiggling and doing stuff. He kept doing it. Did they show how they were like uh, and then he ends up going yeah and then he ends up going to um to war the war, military to, he joins the army which is a big deal and they cut his hair and all this stuff um while in the military he falls in love comes back and they have this big to do special because well he wasn't such a bad person look he yeah, loves his wife Priscilla who was the daughter of uh, sure. of a general or a, a colonel or something um of course all of this was being led by by the colonel Tom Parker, who was not a colonel, wasn't really named. Tom he was Parker. like one of the biggest uh, like scammers ever. Yeah, he oh, was basically a circus God, Parker. And they do this whole special thing. The special thing was actually a very interesting part. There's there were little parts that I because I didn't know what was happening. I was like, wow, they're spending a lot of time on this section. And then like I realized, oh, what it what what it was because the. This this comeback special thing was actually supposed to be a Christmas special, and he's supposed to sell some sweaters and be like and sing like rocking around the Christmas tree or something like that. And he decided he wasn't going to do that, and he I did didn't his know own that. thing. That's interesting. And, and it happened. I think it happened this around the same time period, maybe even the same night that Robert Kennedy was shot. Oh, and blew up in the ratings. Like they make it seem like it was the same night. I'm not sure if it was. Um, so of course there was the, that, that big comeback and then if 
the Tom Colonel. And then, of course, like you get into the era where he was uh, getting into drugs to keep going and cheating on his wife, and she leaves him, and he's he becomes super unlikable in that time period. And they show all that kind of stuff. They show Graceland slowly going from you know just family to all these hangers on and the Memphis Mafia. They do that kind of stuff. It was, it was very interesting. And then the thing I didn't realize that he never did world tours. Did you know that? No, I I never really like, thought it was about a big it. But... Deal. That this is where the only time he ever left the country. I had I didn't know this at all. The only time he ever left the country was when he was in the military. He wanted to go on tours, and he had guaranteed money for, from Japan, from all these different countries like France, England, that kind of stuff. And the colonel, we'll say, uh, didn't like that. Because and the he, reason why is because the colonel had a lot of gambling debts and yeah. basically got good. Well, I was going to say it seems – Oh, I thought you were – No, no, no. I was saying it seemed like – I didn't know about the gambling debt. It doesn't surprise me. But it just seemed like – because the colonel was so bent on having control over Elvis that I thought that was more what it was. They were not the same day, by the way. Uh, two two reasons. Um, the June uh, RFK okay. was killed in okay. June, and the 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 special was um, in December. So it wasn't okay. the same day. I wonder if it was filmed. Like, Maybe it was filmed earlier. Gotcha. I don't know. Yeah, they make it seem like it was, but anyway, uh, there's two reasons. One, it was that control thing, but he couldn't have control because he wasn't. No one knows who he is. To this day, no one knows who he was, really. I mean, they they kind of do. You mean no one just like knows like, about him? He wasn't the t- the colonel. Like he wasn't a citizen, so he couldn't leave the country and get back in. Oh, so he basically and on top of that, he had a huge amount of gambling debt. And this is when Vegas was just starting to take off. You know, there was one giant hotel there, and um, they basically just got Elvis as in there, and you know. Every in 1971, Elvis is doing a six-week thing. In 1972, he's doing a six-week thing, and so on and so forth. So he basically gets pinned down into this thing. And by the end of the 70s, where he's just worked to death every night doing the same stuff, and then the rest of the time traveling around the United States, being fed drugs, being fed food too, um, more drugs, more food, more drugs, more food, so on and so forth. Never ended up doing that world tour that he kept on getting promised. Oh, we'll do the world tour next year. We'll do the world tour next year. And then that, and then he died. Hmm. So it's – I learned a lot. I, not everything in the movie is true. There's some – there's a part of the movie – it's actually a pretty big part of the movie that's 100% made up where the, the colonel pushed him into joining the military to clean up his act. Um, you know, So he wasn't getting like banned from places, but like that's 100% false. Interesting. Um, apparently, of all the bad things the colonel did, he never had anything to do with the showmanship aspect of it because he was like – he did the money. He did the business. He did the merchandising. He did all that, but he never told Elvis what to do when it came to like dancing and all that. And there's a big part of the movie that says that he did, but that's – it's not true. It's kind of a stupid thing to put in there too because it, it didn't uh, Yeah, that there. doesn't sound like it needed but, to be. Real quick, it was actually recorded June 27th. It was released in December. But it was recorded June twenty seventh, and RFK was killed on June sixth. So it was within a couple okay. of weeks of each other, three weeks. Okay. So maybe it was that. Maybe it happened 
during rehearsal. Well, I, what I find is a lot of those movies from that time, in order to kind of give you the um, vibe or whatever you want to call it, they'll show like, you know, Hendrix playing in some club and then the intersperse it with like, a sp- Martin Luther King, Martin Luther King and, and, and exactly, exactly. Martin Luther King getting yeah, shot and, and, uh, you know, uh, protesters in Alabama, you know, stuff like that, just to give you the, the overall the feeling. But they, exactly. The perspective, but it wasn't on the same day. Well, in this case, the, the whole thing was that, that Elvis did bubblegum pop for the most part, rockabilly, bubblegum pop, whatever, but he never did anything, any sort of protest song. And the song that he revealed on this comeback thing was, theoretically a protest song for, for it was very tame from our standards because it was a protest song like yeah please stop killing people right. like common sense stuff but at the it time radical when you have people like nixon in office and you're like hey we should stop killing people you know, do you what do you mean are you talking about are you talking poorly about vietnam <laughs> right how dare you <clears throat> yeah so it was considered a protest song it wasn't quite as heavy as like when marvin gay went went to the right, protest right. side of things but um so it's I thought it was very good. I like those kind of these those musical biopics. Um this one I thought was one of the Oh good, ones. okay. Um and I will I like the the musical biopics specifically because I like the stories are interesting and you get to kind of see some of the stuff that you've read about or whatever, but also the fact that like I can put it on in the background. You get a little bit of talking and then you get music that I actually know cuz we all know that I'm not a big music person, <laughs> but yeah, that kind of stuff. Um, but still not a big Elvis fan. I liked his music. I, there, I went through a phase where I listened to a lot. I like him as a person. But his music, I like his music. I like rockabilly. I like that that stuff. I even like like Hank Williams and like Waylon Jennings. Like that stuff is good. Um, but it's for me, it's like I have to be in a mood for it. Like I'm not going to just listen to it whenever. But um, how was the guy that played Elvis? How was the... Oh, yeah. Uh, he should win some sort of award he i could no longer picture elvis when i was watching the movie like i was like what does he look like again interesting so he was that like, good and then eventually that one black and white picture that you i think it's the jailhouse rock right. picture mm-hmm. um like that picture kind of sprung into my head i'm like oh yeah because the dude did a great job um i didn't know much about him uh, he's uh apparently he was in um the once upon a time in hollywood oh cool interesting which I did not realize he played a uh, Tex. Interesting. Okay. Um, but, and he was in the dead don't die, but I believe he was, he's um, another one of those, like maybe Disney people or something. Was it, oh, it was Zoe one Oh one TV series. Wow. You know really? Which I don't know. You actually know that. Be- show? Well, because of my daughters. Yeah. Uh, Zoe one Oh one. If I recall, he was James. Gar- he was James. I Garrett, don't remember James. I mean, it's it's been a long time. Um, I believe that's Britney Spears' sister that was like the star of that show, if I recall correctly. But that was years and years ago. Yeah, Omar's playing at Koi. He's like, "Oh yeah, my daughters." It's like my lawyers say I need to say that it was my daughters that I was a fan of the show. I'm not really. I'm not really allowed near any of the actors that were in the show, but I don't like to talk. I'm not allowed to talk about it. For <laughs> <laughs> <Or> them. <laughs> But uh, that that's funny. Wow. Okay. But uh, a plus on his performance. Now um, I didn't I didn't see it, but one of the things that struck me in the in the trailer was that it and perhaps perhaps it didn't come off this way, but 
when I when I was watching the trailer, the voice that he does for Elvis to me sounded fake. It sounded like he was one hundred percent attempting to do a voice that would sound. It was like a caricature him. of what Elvis should sound like. It right now, did it seem like that to you, or did it seem like that for? It was very heavily mic'd. The voice cut through everything, regardless of what was going on. So it was definitely like pushed to the forefront. Okay, if that makes so sense. maybe th- maybe that's what it was. Maybe they just they just played with it so much that to me it sounded fake. So it was almost like when you're watching. Um, uh, like when you're at a party and you hear the din of the party, people having random conversations, then someone speaks up over it. But it was kind of throughout the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was a moment where I heard Elvis's. I think they sh- they play some point some actual Elvis stuff in there, and it it wasn't too far off. Like he has a he does have a pretty booming voice that would kind of cut through stuff. <laughs> but um, I. I kind of thought that too with the when I saw the trailer. That it sounded fake, or that it sounded like an impersonation. Yeah, okay. that it sounded like an impersonation that like a comedian would be doing on stage, not someone playing somebody. Right. Okay. Um, but I didn't. I had the same feeling. I didn't think about it for a little while, and then there is, there is a part later on where I where he's having a conversation with somebody. And I noticed it again. I think it might have been the like Priscilla conversation or something. But so, um, I don't know if you need to see it in the theater, but it's it looks good in the theater. Um, I don't know if what it's going to do award wise. It's it actually is one of it, I think it's one of the first non sequel movies or non franchise movies that made over a hundred million. Wow, so far maybe. Oh. I think I might have just read the headline wrong, but. Um, it's worth seeing. That's almost half of what I have in the bank. In my mind. Yeah. In my imagination. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Okay. Uh, you know what? I I wasn't really like... I know what you charge for <laughs> naughty times, and all I know is that you've I, been busy, I, I, boy. I really wasn't like super sold on this, but I think I'm going to check it out. Like, I'm game. I'm game to watch it. Uh, the next time we do our, our opening introductions, I'm going to refer to Omar as fuckboy. Mm, you're not the only one. Just... <laughs> <laughs> I called him that last night. <laughs> yeah. That is our show this week. No top five, because we ha- had so many topics. But we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye.